It's one o'clock and time for the services from the Calvary Baptist Church of Gainesville. Now, Pastor Raymond Laddie. If you'll get out your Bibles, whether they be uh, your regular Bibles or on your phone and turn to Judges chapter 6, we're going to read bits and pieces of the account of Gideon and how God used him to defeat the enemies of Israel at this time. Now, Gideon was an interesting individual in that, you know, we always, you hear about Gideon and you picture a man strong and and you know fierce and, and and a warrior but he didn't start out that way he didn't start out that way god made him that way god gave him the, the the foundation to be able to stand upon truth and stand upon what is right and and his trust in god made him successful his trust in god and his praying to god and dealing with god and and uh you know even wrestling with god about things that he didn't understand made him ready for the battles that came his way. And he lived in a time in Israel, as we read so much about off and on in Israel, where they strayed away from God. They strayed away from God. Now keep in mind, and this always intrigued me, this is just a few generations down, or not, not very many generations in the whole scheme of time, from Moses and the miracles that were done in the wilderness, the miracles that were done in Canaan, the miracles that had been done uh, you know, here and there for a long time. And you would think that these people would say, wait a minute, do we not learn from history? Can we not learn from history and understand that if we go away from God, you know, things are not going to go well. If we are faithful to Yahweh, God, who is the true God, if we stay with him, things are going to go very well for us. But Satan is so crafty, he's so powerful, he's so cunning. Through many different devious means, he... he uh, seduces people and he uh, deceives people and we see that over and over and over again and that's what's going on today in the world that we live in so chapter 6 picking up with verse 1 of the biblical book of Judges the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord gave them into the hand of the Midians seven years and the hand of Midian prevailed over Israel. And because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens which are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. They had turned away from God. They went back to those, those worldly gods. Now, when we talk about these gods that they worship, let's go back to what we talked about a few weeks ago or uh, a few months ago. These gods in their time and... While today they're named differently, they're the same gods that lure people away from God, that lure people away from Yahweh. In other words, in, in Gideon's day, they were called the, the Baals, or the Baals is what I call them, B-A-A-L-S. Uh, this god here was a pantheon of gods. There were gods of the sky, the moon. There were gods of the heavens. More on that here in just a moment. They were gods of fertility. There was a, a, a god that came in kind of under the pantheon of the Baal gods named Ashtoreth. Kind of a female thing god that was a god of fertility and sexual pleasure and all those things that led people away from God and said, hey, you know, God's way is restrictive. It's not good. It doesn't last. Come over to this side of things. And there's pleasure and there's enjoyment and it's a lot more fun, although it leads to destruction. However, uh, the gods that 
that uh, Gideon would contend with, and we'll look at that here in just a moment too, the gods, the evil gods, whether you want to call them fallen angels, fallen demons, or whatever, they are back in action today. They are back in action today. I guess some people don't believe that. Maybe some people don't understand that. Jesus said that if I run demons out of a man, if I deliver him, he's going to need to be filled up. He's going to worship something. And I'm paraphrasing here. His heart is going to turn to something. And if that void left by those spiritual elements or those spiritual agents is not filled by me and my Father then the demons will return sevenfold. And that is exactly why we're seeing everything that's happening today. God has been run off. God has been rejected. God has been mocked. God has been spat upon. And that's why you see the chaos that you're seeing today. Uh, you know, I guess some people get tired of hearing that, but it needs to be said over and over and over again. The prophets were sent by God, and they got tired and, and were persecuted for what they preached and what they taught, but it was God's love for the people. I'm not a prophet, but God's word is for all of us. So here we have a man named Gideon, and he is reduced to threshing wheat in a wine press. The Midianites would come raiding through, and God allowed this to happen. They would come raiding through, and they would, they would kill people. They would pillage they would take every bit of grain, livestock, crops that they could find. So the people had to flee. The people had to flee to the high ground, to the caves, and to the mountains. And not only that, but what little food they had, they had to hide it. Uh, you know, that happened here 250 years ago or 200 years ago, you know, during several wars when, you know, invading armies, food would have to be hidden, food would have to be cached, food would have to be put away. So that it wasn't taken, and many times it was, and many times people uh, went hungry. So Gideon is threshing wheat in a wine press. That's, what, that's how confused the times were. That's how desperate they were. It was underground. It was hidden. He was hopefully going to have enough wheat for his family and his clan. If we skip on down to verse 7, it says, When the people cry to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel, and he said to them, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not pay reverence to the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not given heed to my voice. That's exactly what's happened in our nation and in our world today. Those same gods have returned in different packages. And they're called movements. They're called uh, revolutions. They're called uh, by many different names. I'll give you some names of the gods who influence certain organizations today. Uh, one you could say would be... Uh, Let's see here, abortion, Planned Parenthood. Uh, another one you could call uh, any of these movements that are anti-God and anti-Judeo-Christian principles. They are remanifesting themselves into a lot of these political movements, a lot of these military movements that you see today. A lot of these cultural shifts are due to the fact that these Baal gods have reappeared with a vengeance. 
And we're going to take that to the cosmos here in just a minute. Bear with me because I, I don't know if you've read or saw what's happening at, con at the hearings in Congress uh, about UFOs. You know, the world's being taken over by socialists and communists and we're worried about UFOs. That is, again, manifested by the bell gods who are, who are given dominion in the earth but in the heavens. It's part of that satanic deception. More on that in just a minute. Um, verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizarite. His son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and to said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. A lot of loaded words there. Who was the angel of the Lord, do you think, that appeared to him? Anybody know? Gabriel. Yeah, that's right. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now here's a man hiding, fearful of the Midianites. He's fearful. He's hiding out. He's trying to produce some food and hiding in a place where food uh, such as wheat, was normally not processed, Gideon must have chuckled. <laughs> and he said in verse fifth, uh, 13, Gideon said to him, Pray, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And all this befallen us. And where are all his wonderful deeds which our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has cast us off and given us into the hand of Midian. I think Gideon had stayed true to God. I think Gideon had fled. I think Gideon had been, uh, you know, put on the periphery of things by the raids of the uh, Midianites. And, but he had legitimate questions. God, if, uh, you know, the Lord is with us, then why are we dealing with all these things? Why does it seem like the Lord has deserted us? Why does it seem like... Injustice is the rule of the day. And then he said, this is the part I like, he said, me, a mighty man of valor? That must have amused him. That must have amused him a little bit. But you see, God is always ahead of the game. God is always ahead of the process. We may hear things or read things in Scripture sometimes that's promised us and we may go, yeah, right. We may question it. I don't know sometimes if it's a lack of faith. I guess that is a partial explanation of it. But many times we go, how can my present situation end up equating into that good outcome? Well, God works in mysterious ways. Again, his ways are higher than your ways and my ways. If we have faith, God will pull us through. So he said, God already saw the picture of Gideon and what Wonderful things Gideon would do to deliver his people from the Midianites. He says in verse 14, And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this night of yours and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you. God is saying, You question me? Am I not sending you through this messenger? Angel, and do not I send you? And he said to him, Pray, Lord, how can I deliver Israel? He says, How can little old me and possibly a band of my followers, my clan that is one of the weaker clans, how in the world can we deliver Israel? 
But you see, God can do things through humble, weak, many times broken people. I think Gideon was broken. I think his family was struggling just to have enough to eat. I think Gideon was, was uh, you know, dealing with things that broke him in a lot of ways. But yet, he was doing something. He was taking action. And God said, I'm going to display my glory because, Gideon, I'm going to use you. I have chosen you. If you're here today and you know Jesus as your Savior, you have come to faith in Christ, you're chosen. You're a chosen one. God in his grace and mercy chose you. Chose you. And I don't care how weak or how you know, insignificant in society you think you are. God is above in society. You're chosen for a reason. You're chosen for a reason. And in the things of God through Christ Jesus, they have eternal implications. They have eternal implications. So Gideon is struggling. Gideon is struggling. And you go, if you go on, he's down in those verses, he says, Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. This is the last part of verse 15 of chapter 6. And I am the least in my family. Didn't deter the Lord. He said, the Lord said unto him, But... I will be with you. And there's the key. But I will be with you. You may have gone into this school year, this work week, whatever the situation is, and thought, I am weak. <laughs> How am I going to make it? How am I going to make ends meet? God is telling you, but I will be with you. And that but is the only but that matters. But whosoever, whatever, however, would probably be the best word, I will be with you. And he's promised that to every Christian who calls upon the name of Jesus for forgiveness and redemption and salvation. He is telling you, I will be with you. Jesus said, I'll, my Father and I will send a comforter when I go back, when I go back to heaven after these things have been accomplished. I'll send you a comforter. I'll send the Holy Spirit. To lead you and to comfort you, I will be with you. And to finish that verse out, you shall smite the Midianites as one man. God will have the glory. And if we'll allow God to have the glory, we don't seek glory for ourselves. He will use us to bring himself glory. And then we get to heaven one day, he will heap much glory upon us because of our faith. He glorified in Hebrews chapter 11 those weak men and women who had faith. And faith is what makes the difference. Faith is what pulls us through. Faith is the key for the days to come. Gideon began to, and we don't have time to go into all this, but you know, Gideon put out the fleece. He wanted to, he was stubborn and like a lot of us, unbelieving at times, and he wanted to make sure that God was on his side, so God came through and God would send him messages. And I want to kind of skip beyond all that. Hopefully you'll go back and read that. But Gideon, because he was called out by God, began to take action, and that's key too. He said, well, if his faith, well, you shouldn't have to take action. God will just do it. True faith means you're going to try. To, you're going to start putting one foot in front of the other, looking up. That's faith, putting faith uh, you know, I heard it one time, uh, somebody told me, 
I was mad and upset and bitter about something. They said, well, you know, if you're going to have faith, you better put, start putting some footsteps under it. You better start moving. And I think that's what we see Gideon do here. And then God will lead us on. He sees that we're serious. He sees that we're committed. Gideon began to look around him, and he saw all this idol worship. All this idol worship. And, it, and, and when you're called out by God, and when God points you to the truth and, you, and your foundation is made strong by faith and God reveals himself and his purpose, then you're going to want to take action. You're going to want to start to bring glory to God. And if there's idols everywhere and mockery of God everywhere, that doesn't bring glory to God. So the action is to speak out against it, to put action People say, well, I hate, I hate what's going on, and I hate, you know, what's happening out there, and, and I wish there's something we can do. Well, the first thing I would do is I'd get up on Sunday morning, I'd go back to church. Amen. That's the first thing I would do. I'd act like I really care about what I'm talking about. And then I would look to get involved. I mean, it don't have to be this church where you got the best preacher in, in the county. I mean, there's a lot of good churches and a lot of good preachers out there, okay? Amen. That was a joke. I'm, I'm the weakest of who's out there, but you're going to want to get in church and you're going to want to get involved in the church and you're going to, you're going to want to see needs or you're going to see needs and you're going to want to meet those needs. It's not a job, it's a ministry. If you view it as a job, then you need to quit that job and you need to get into ministry. Okay? That's, that's, uh, that's key. So Gideon began to take action, and in the middle of the night, you know what he got up and done here, it says? He started bashing, crashing, and trashing. I just came up with that. That's pretty good. Bashing, trashing, and crashing the altars of Baal. He started putting, and, and this was at peril of his life. He started to push them down. He started to... Remember what God had done for his ancestors in the wilderness and in the early days of Canaan and, and Israel and those places. He, he, he sacrificed to the Lord to prepare for that. But then in verse 25, that night the Lord said to him, Take your father's bull, pull down the altar of Baal, which your father has, and cut down the Asherah pole that's beside it, and build an altar to the Lord your God on the top of the stronghold. With stones laid in the right order, take the second bull, offer it as a burnt offering with the wood of the pole. God says, I want you to offer this bull to me as a sacrifice, as a blood offering, using these so-called other gods, totems, and pantheons as firewood. I like that. He said, I'll show you who God is. He said, get to work. Build an altar to the Lord your God on top of it. So Gideon took ten men, his servants, and did as the Lord told him. But because he was too afraid of his family and the men in the town to do it by day, he did it by night. Gideon's making progress, but he's still struggling a little bit. He's like, man, this is some serious stuff here. He's thinking about the consequences, so he does it at night. God is getting him to a place where he is unafraid where he is so committed to the cause and the right cause that he can't think about anything else really at that point. And that's important for us as Christians. What is our cause? What is our cause? To create mayhem? To, to, to do violence? No, our cause and our call is to go out with the gospel 
and be a difference in this world, to be salt and light in a world that has lost its ever-loving mind around us. To people to see lives that are ordered. And while not perfect, yet there's something there. And then it says in the morning, verse 28, when the men of the town rose, behold, the altar of Baal was broken down. What are these altars of Baal? Well, in their day, you know, it would be a, an altar or an, or an effigy or a card figure, and they would come and sacrifice. Baal required sacrifice of innocent children uh, through the line of Molech. Those gods are still around today. They're, they're back with a vengeance. And while, you know, uh, there's been uh, advancement for the cause of, no, of uh, pro-life, they still uh, are being dealt with like that. You know, one of the biggest things today is childhood slavery, uh, sexual slavery that we see. And there's a movie that just come out about that. I heard it's pretty good. I haven't seen it called The Sound of Freedom. Molech's like, well, I'll sacrifice your children, and then if I cannot sacrifice them physically through abortion or at the altar uh, of abortion, then I will do it through their minds. I will do it through their screens. I will do it through their, uh, you know, through uh, all these predators that just get slapped on the wrist anymore instead of dealt with accordingly. I'll do it through them. I'll destroy them one way or the other because I am Molech. I am Baal. Well, Gideon said, God said, let me use the altar then as firewood. And that's what he's going to do one day soon. Amen. He's victorious. Now, I want you to remember that. He is victorious, and therefore we are victorious through him in Jesus Christ. The next morning, they saw what had happened. They said, bring out Gideon. He needs to die. I mean, even some of his family members Bring out Gideon. He needs to die. When the men of the town saw it in the morning, the altar was broken down and the sheriff was cut down. The second bull was offered. And they said to one another, Who done it? And after they had made search and inquired, they said, Gideon, Joash's boy, Gideon, he done it. Then the men of the town said to Joash, Bring out your son. We're going to kill him for profaning these gods bring him out because he has pulled down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah beside it but Joash said to all who are arrayed against him will you contend for Baal he is mocking them and he is defending his son but I like the way he does it he said will you contend for Baal he's saying you're Israelite it's your ancestors that showed or God showed who he was through them, the, the only God, the almighty God. Will you contend for this God? Because this God's, you know, shrine, this God's altar, this God's, these idols were smoking ashes at this point. He said, will you contend for Baal? And we got people around us today contending for Baal. In society, we've got people around us today who are contending for something that will soon be put asunder, that will soon be dealt with by Almighty God because He still exists just like He did in the day of Gideon. He is still all-powerful. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. 
For us, the gift is Christ. The offering has been made. Listen, we got Christians have to start acting like we're the winners. And we're not going to run around and gloat and take advantage of people. I'm not talking about that. We've got to remember the power that we have in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit that we can say, stand up against these enemies that exist today all around us. So, old Joash, the dad of Gideon, said, will you contend for Baal or will you defend him? Will you defend him? Whoever contends for him shall be put to death by morning. If he is a God, let him contend for himself. And that's one of those lowercase g's. He's saying, if this is God, if this is truly God and you're God, let him contend for himself. Will he set idly by as his altars destroyed? You see, the God we serve is an active living God. The God we serve did not create and withdraw. The God that we serve continually invades our space and invades our creation Righting wrongs. The ultimate expression of that is the coming of Jesus. Amen. And even after that, he says, I will walk with you. I am choosing you. You will do this. You can do this. He is constantly at work. Romans 8, 28. For God love, for God works good for those that love him according to his word. God is at work. Okay, And even though we have some gods that have returned that are anti-God, which are all the, you know, the, the, the right hand of Satan, they're very limited in what they can do. God will overcome them. He already has. Things just have to go uh, to, to, to be fully done in the process of time. Therefore, on this day, Gideon was called Jerubal. Jerubal, he contended with Baal because he pulled down his altar. Now, he contended with Baal, he opposed Baal. I got news for you, whether you want to realize it or not or whether you want to get involved with it or not, you're contending with Baal today. You're contending with Baal today. You're contending with these gods that are the same gods that Gideon dealt with and then came, became Jerubal contending with Baal, what are you going to do to oppose them? Well, I think there's a few things we need to do. First of all, we need to get right with God. We need to come to God like Gideon did and said, I'm weak. I'm undone. I don't know that I can do this. I'm human. But come in faith and God will strengthen you. He says, but I will go with you. And then we've got to take some action. That's, that's the first action and most important. And then we've got to go to our families. Men, all of us work together as a family team, right? And we've got to take back some things. We've got to take back some things that we may have let go, me included. We've got to look and see and be try to be sensitive to what our kids are going through at school and what they're being subjected to. And I, I don't mean to throw any of you teachers under the bus, pun intended. I don't mean to do that because we have godly teachers that God has placed there through his mercy and grace, but not all of them are. So they're going to come home and be taught things that are far, far away from the truth of God. And they come home and they go, why this or why that? What are you going to tell them? Get in God's word. You see, this word is living 
And this is the sword of Gideon right here. This is the sword of the Lord and of Gideon right here. And we're going to have to go to our families. And we're going to have to cut down some Baal worship in our lives. We're going to have to, you know, and you say, well, how do you do that? You know, we talk about all these woke companies and all that kind of stuff. There are some things that we can do. There are some faith that we can put into action to oppose it. And again, for a lot of Christians today who say, I'm tired of this, first thing I would do would be to say, get in God's house somewhere. Act like you care. Get in God's house. Love on a child. Smile at them. Tell them that they're fearfully and wonderfully made, not just some chance that's disposable. Get involved. Mentor a kid. Teach them about God. It's just, I don't know. It's unbelievable sometimes. Then get active. Speak out. Watch where you put your money. Watch where you go spend your money. I'm not going to get into that because I'll make somebody mad here today. I'm not going to get into that, but you know what I'm talking about. Look where you spend your money. Look who you patronize. Who are they? Are you sending them your money and they are the right hand of Baal in the world today? Sobering stuff, but I'm serious. You know, what do we watch? What do we listen to? Do we listen to what that sweet little lady down at Walmart does? Or we listen to stuff that Satan would blush when he heard it on the radio? Are we speaking of the things of God where we go in our workplace? I mean, the questions are endless here. You say, whoa, wait a minute. And we forget, but I will be with you. I will be with you. Did not the Lord work a miracle in your life when you were saved? 97.5 Glory FM, your family radio station in North Georgia.